0: Hello, and thank you so much for listening to Nia's Divine Garden. This is your host, Ia Dania, and I am back with another episode. Um, And just for those of you who don't know, um, (laughs) I had several episodes come to me early in the morning. And so I'm just recording a bunch of them back to back. So this is my second one in that particular session. So... Today, I was, or rather yesterday, I was having a dialogue. um, And part of what came up was that womb holders could not raise men. And I'm going to preface this before, you know, any wounded men um, want to immediately, you know, get riled up. And I am a strong advocate of fathers being in their children's lives, whether they're paying, you know, child support or not. If they are healthy, there's nothing where they weren't abusive or anything. They just maybe are in a financial position where it's a challenge, um, which I don't think is an excuse to not financially support your children. But I also don't think it is a reason to withhold them from their lives, because if you were still together, y'all were struggling financially. That father would still be there. So, this is not what this conversation is about. Um, I believe that it is important to have um, the collective unit that created that life. Hopefully, if it's healthy and in that child's highest and greatest good, be a part of that child's life. That Ache is a part of that child and thus being able to tap into both parents and have a deeper understanding of where they came from can help them to understand some of their own nuances and things of that nature. However, and it's also just like, let's just call it, like, it's easier. Like, you know, it is like <laughs> if both parents are working financially, it's easier. Um, it keeps one parent from being bogged down and being exhausted and things of that nature. So there's a level of ease that comes with having a parent, a co-parent within the domicile to help with the raising of that child and understand like that child rearing and raising should be happening by both parents. There isn't, well, I'm going to go to work and I come home Whichever one of you that is, and I don't have to be hands-on with the elevation of that child's development. Um, so like I said, this isn't about not having a father. I think that's a, a key element. The art uh the conversation we're gonna have is about the the rhetoric around womb holders' inability to teach a child something. So, and what I find is most interesting is that yesterday when I was having the conversation, I asked pointedly, what is it that a womb holder cannot teach their son? Like what aspects of manhood? Now I'm willing to, you know, well, you can't teach him to peace standing up. And I know I could not, I, I my Kegels are amazing, but I have not gotten to a place where I can control going to the bathroom using my Kegels. I'm not there. However, I know plenty of womb holders that can. And the argument that will come is, well, they're not supposed to. Who said? Like, I just want you to think about that. I just need you to think about, from a functional standpoint, it makes sense why, Men have to pee standing up. From a functional standpoint, it makes sense. Now, especially now that we have toilets. Now that we have toilets, it makes perfect sense why men stand up. And even like if they were doing something outside, you got that twig and berries thing happening, understandably so. However, did it ever dawn on you that because our yoni, our lower region, um, literally is open like open that it would be safer for us cuz we would not be coming in contact with you know all of the, the the creepy creepy bacteria that hangs out around the toilet if we did pee standing up Did it ever dawn on you because when you think about it you sit down to go number 2 so conceivably you could sit down and go number 1 but you know for whatever reason however this came about you don't. And I'm not mad at that. But the notion that it's completely impossible for a womb holder to teach a son that is actually not true. It's not it's not a true statement. It is a comforting statement. For fathers, because it's like, hey, this is something you know, you, you have to use us. No. That's not true at all. So let's talk about some of the things that, you know, Um. Some men have said, these are only men traits. We only do these things. And my argument is that you do those things in a specific way, but you're not the only one that does it. So let's talk about protection. And this was the one, this is the first one that plopped into my head this morning was protection. And so the conversations men are supposed to protect. All right are you saying that womb holders don't protect in any way? When there's two parents in the household, womb holders are not protecting anyone. And my challenge to you is this, what do you define as protection? Is protection simply a physical manifestation of your will, of force where you are, Maybe you have a weapon in the household, or maybe if there's something going to go, you'll jump into a fight. That physical expression. Do you not realize protection also manifests in intangible ways, or protecting the intangible when you are being nurtured by someone, and this happens. You know, there nurturing happens whether you're a womb holder or a man nurturing happens when you are doing something for the care of someone to ensure that their life is joyful, balanced, harmonious, whatever the case may be. When your, when your mother, this is a good example, you fell, you scraped your knee. And so your mother comes to you ask you, are you okay? That is protecting your mental and emotional body. That is making sure that you are protected in your mind, that you know that when something harmful happens to you, that you are not going through that thing by yourself. That is the first time you learn that you don't have to do it alone. That action teaches you, you do not have to do it alone. That is protecting your mental and spiritual because you're not spiritually alone either. That's protecting you on a mental and spiritual level. When she kisses you and hugs it, you know, kisses the boo-boo and gives you a hug. Now your emotional body is protected. It's protected from feeling like, you know, when she says it's okay for you to cry because it hurt. That is protecting your emotional body because it is teaching you it is okay. It is safe. You should feel safe because that's what protection is about is making you feel safe. It is, it's safe for you to express your emotions. Then, then it, there, there's even a physical aspect of nurturing because what does she do next? She cleans the wound. She puts ointment on it to ensure that bacteria don't get in there causing an infection. She is protecting you. So for you to act like womb holders don't protect, it's false. We protect in the state that most, for some of us, comes easiest through our feminine energy. However, when and if necessary, womb holders have almost always displayed our ability to stand in our masculine energy and protect. We will take all of the black womb holders who stood in, um, in front of their brothers, not beside, in front of their brothers during the civil rights movement, protecting them. Protecting them. Absolutely protecting them using their force of will using their masculine energy they were not being demure or soft in that moment they were absolutely standing in their masculine energy so for anyone to say well you can't teach a boy how to protect that's false every time a womb holder reaches over you know the arm you know the arm you're riding in the front seat of the car and you jerk and the child's getting ready to go forward mom's arm Reaches over and catches the, you don't think you were protected? Everyone has seen that happen. Even if he's never experienced, you've you've witnessed a mother do this. The mother's arm reaching over, boom. You have witnessed mothers protecting their children. And if this is a trait that is in a man, then how could that man not learn what protection looks like by watching their mother? It's okay, you know. If you if you could tell me like mothers don't protect, aren't capable of teaching protection by all means, feel free to like educate me because I'm open. Then there's provide. As you know y'all 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 like to say well men provide, so mothers don't provide. Even in a two parent household, they don't provide anything. Did you eat? Did your mama cook? Regardless of how the food, the food got into the house. Let's say, you know, dad bought the food. OK, dad bought the food. Who turned it into a meal that you were able to eat? But that that, that doesn't account for anything. That's not providing you something. OK, that's cool. Um, when you learned how when you are teaching somebody something. Chances are. You were taught and the ability to teach is a form of nurturing. That is a feminine energy. And almost a lot of those things come from your mother. It's not that they don't come from your father at all, but they come from your mom. That's a, that's a skill set that comes from your mom. Um, let's see, what else can we be provided for? Um, you know, single mothers don't pay bills. They don't know how to add and subtract. They can't sit their child in front of a computer or some a piece of paper and say okay this is what comes into the household this is what goes out to the household and this is how much money you make this is what it looks like to pay taxes this is what credit cards mean and this is what your credit looks like and this is what this looks like because those are the elements of you know providing you know from a financial standpoint that can't be taught what about the emotional support because that is also something you provide and whether it's, you're conscious of it or not, if you are in what I would define as, a, you know, a man operating in his God energy, you are absolutely caring and loving and providing the emotional support to your partner, whomever you choose your partner to be. Did you, are you truly feeling like a mother could not teach that? All right, you providing that uh, of self-actualization and awareness like this is who you are? This is who you are. When I sit in the car with my sons and we're riding on their various appointments, depending on their mood, I like to honor how they feel. So I will ask them, do you feel like affirmations today? Some mornings they'll say no, and I honor that. That's okay. Because at their age, they don't really need it. They know what their connection to God is. I'm just trying to help reinforce it. But on those mornings, they do. You know, depending on how the flow is in the rotation, things that include, I am king and I am sun. S-U-N. I am king and I am sun. And you may be wondering why S-U-N, because I have a Leo sun and a Leo rising. My son, that's a Leo son, his son is in the 12th house. It's kind of hidden his unconscious. So I have to make sure his son shines even there. My Leo rising son, I want him to know that it is safe to allow that part of himself to shine, shine and burn brightly. So I remind them I am king and I am son. I am divine because, you know, based on what I was told yesterday, I can't, you know, raise men that's okay I'm not I'm raising gods so I remind them I am blessed I am protected so they have that self-actualization of who they are and yes I do call them little you know these are my little small humans every once in a while I'll call them little boy but they're they are my small humans absolutely I grew them from my body they're my small humans but the notion that womb holders, and I won't say that they're not womb holders that maybe didn't step up in <clears throat> every regard in that fashion, but we've now see those several things. And one of the arguments was, well, men who know who, um, who have single mothers and know how to be men, they had other men in their life. And I don't discount that. I don't discount that. My sons will absolutely have men in their life. Their father is in their life. And the men that I call friend, the vast majority of them also know that they are gods. And that's purposeful. Because again, I'm not raising mere mortal men. I'm raising gods. So the men that I want in my life as a goddess must also have their own self-actualization that they too are a god. So let's see, we've done um, uh, Protect and Provide. uh, 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 I think the other one that y'all like to spot is being present. Seriously? Seriously. (laughs) Um, A mother can't teach their son how to be present. Okay, that's cool. Awesome sauce. A mother who has experienced heartbreak. And is healed. I want to qualify this one because I know that I'll probably have some mothers listening. Who who is healed. Who has gone through her healing journey. Who does not say, oh my God, all men are such and such a thing. Because I will give you this one. I will absolutely give you this. A wounded mother cannot teach any child, male, female, or otherwise, how to interact with a partner from a healthy standpoint because their mindset is not there. Their mindset is not there. I can see some of y'all's Facebook posts and realize y'all are still operating in your wound. Otherwise some of the posts that you share, you wouldn't share. You wouldn't share some of the posts that you share if you were not still operating in your wound. And that's not a slight, but that is, that just is what it is. What you will realize is even when I was only actively dating women, I never once said all men are such and such a thing. I've never, ever made that generalized statement. And this is coming from someone who has experienced rape and molestation in her lifetime from men. I have experienced physical abuse from both men and women. I've experienced emotional and mental abuse from both men and women. But however, I have never, ever, even with me working on my own wounds, said rhetoric that would um, diminish, besmirch or anything to either. I've never said it. And I am purposeful in how I speak, especially about black men around my sons. I have at least two poems dedicated to my love and affection for black men because I birthed black men. I was raised by a black man and black men. When you add in the element of my uncles, my best friend is a black man. I that one was not go business. Um, but I love black men. I do. I love black men. Hey, my other men, it's that's not it's not that I don't love you. I had to make sure I said that because for my brothers though. You understand? Y'all are still awesome. You know, but there's there's nothing to I could I could easily, you know, when I hear them talking to young women. Let them know what is it, especially with my sons both being special needs. Like I I would take very strong care and what that looks like. Both of my sons are highly sensitive individuals. Their mother is an empath. And I know both of my sons are empaths because every time I am in my altar room with the door shut. And my mother has proven to me on more than one occasion when I'm in there, you can't hear me. When I'm in there, you can't hear me, but they have both come in that room at key moments where they shouldn't have known what was going on. My youngest regularly comes to me, wipes my tears. It's okay. Don't cry, mommy. He doesn't really understand whether I'm happy or sad. It's just a strong emotion. He sensed it and he comes to make sure that I'm okay. And what I am is purposeful And when they cry, I never tell them to stop crying. Now I will tell them, don't you yell at me, but crying, I will never ever tell them to stop crying. Why? Because I am not raising sociopaths. That is a fact. I will not raise a sociopath. My sons will be emotionally balanced. They will be that wound in the male psyche that were someone along the line and I I, I I, would argue this happened from colonization, honestly. I would argue colonization did this to Black men. I don't know what happened to any other race, but I would argue because of the history of African cultures being very much matriarchal pre-colonization, that Black men's there's a wound from colonization that caused them to not connect to their emotions, or feel safe in doing so. So, I'm not raising sociopaths. I'm not raising emotional husk. I'm not raising men. I'm raising gods, and as such, they will be in tune with their emotions. Feel safe in the, if, if nowhere else, but I want them to realize they should feel safe in that expression wherever they are, and how to express it in a healthy way. How to express those feelings in a healthy way. If you feel like you need to rent, rent, and whatever, and in the location where you're at, you're not able to do so, my sons will journal. They will journal. My sons are both a creative, and, and at least one of them really likes to write things down. So I will nurture that. I will provide them with the tools to enhance that aspect of their being. And then I will protect them in that way because I understand that I and others like me are still reforming and raising the vibration of the collective so that when they're older, they don't really have to worry about it as much. I'm not leaving it on their shoulders to make the change. I am being the change that needs to be made. So let's see. Um, playing basketball. I, I don't play basketball. I, I, I can't teach them. I can watch basketball with them so they have an exposure to basketball, but I don't play basketball. That's just not my bag. That doesn't mean I could not get a womb holder to teach them, but chances are I'd probably ask a guy. Because that's just me. That's my choice. I'd probably ask a guy to teach them. And then they would be able to learn teamwork and things like that um, if that's something they chose to do. Um, Football, I might, we might be able to play football together, but their dad played football in school. I would leave that to them. I would absolutely leave that to them. But when I'm in my house, my, and even like from a protection standpoint, you know, I am a, a survivor of sexual assault. In no way, shape, form, or fashion well, my sons grow up feeling like they can't be around someone they're attracted to naked without having a measure of self control. They will. They will have that. They will absolutely have that. They will absolutely have that self control and understand. I do not care. And it will be drilled into them, butt, booty, naked, walking down the street, rain falling down. Perfect visual. I don't care. Not an invitation. Keep it in check. And there is purposely at a desire to learn Tatric principles because that teaches you a measure of control. It teaches you a measure of control. And even if I can't manifest how to do that with a, you know, part that they have, then yeah, then I would tap, tap a man on the shoulder because he has that body part. And so he, and I'd make sure it was one who knew that level of control to help teach it to them. When I look at the men in my life and what I aspire my sons to be, one is confident in who they are. So much so that they can walk in a room silent and their energy speaks for itself. Even now, you know, my son's come into a room and their energy speaks for itself. My son's energy already does that. They already get the same things that me and my sisters got when we were younger. If I could clone your child. OMG, how much easier my life would be. And we always got that as kids. So it tells me that I'm doing something right. I'm doing something right. When my, bring the groceries home. And again, keep in mind, I'm like, I tell children with special needs. I got some other stuff I have to contend with. But groceries come in the house. Okay, take them to the kitchen. You live here too. It is less about the fact that they are boys and more about the fact you live here. When I have a daughter, you hear me, universe? When I have a daughter, she's gonna do the same thing. When I was a little girl, I had to do the same thing. It had nothing like my dad didn't have sons. My dad had daughters. My dad had daughters. My my dad had daughters. Daughters. Let me like like just really break this down for you. My dad had daughters. And my mother is a tomboy. So based upon the conversation I had yesterday, all three of us should be very 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 manly. Now, I am a tomboy. Contrary to the stil- six-inch stiletto heels and sundresses, I'm very much still a tomboy. I am very much still a tomboy. I, If you ask me where I am at when I'm most comfortable, it depends on the day. Like right now, I'm in a white beater and shorts. I get some, you know, some nice white J's or something, then the chances are you would see me out and about with a white beater, shorts, and some white J's on. Until I get them, then you might see me in a white feeder shorts and my Charles Barkley's on. But there is nothing manly about my energy, even in those, even in that regard. You might see me in a dress and sneakers. You r- will regularly see me, not my, you will regularly catch me in a dress and sneakers Regularly, it has nothing to do with heels hurting my feet because I purposely only buy heels I feel comfortable enough to at least jog in place. If I can't jog in place in them, I'm probably not gonna wear them often. So, it's not a level of comfort, it is what I like. And I like sneakers. I like sneakers. When my bank account is reflective of the abundance that I know that I have, I will have a multitude of sneakers a multitude of them because I like them very much. I have a multitude of heels and a multitude of sneakers to a cornucopia of those things because as long as we have to wear shoes, then at least I can wear shoes that I like and they'll be reflective of my personality and my dualistic nature of ebbing and flowing in my visual expression. My sisters, if I had to say, even outside of the fact that Often they may be in pants, are very womanly. Like of the three of us, I would probably be the more, for lack of a bit, just to give y'all in terminology would understand, I'm probably the more masculine, expressive one. And when I look at us, then they are. But if you look at us, regardless of what we have on, there's no mistaking we are women. We're women. And we were raised by a man and a woman who was a tomboy. boy. Raised by a man, any woman who was a tomboy. We were, but it allowed us, especially myself personally, I can only speak for me. What it did is it allows me the ability to be in whatever company I need to be in. And my um, best friend, um, well, that collective, one of the things that I love that they said to me was, I don't have to try to be one of the guys, I just am, but I'm also a lady. I am one of the guys, but I am very much a lady. If I touch at least two of the three, the other three is hitting, the third is hit and miss. But if you're listening, I said what I said, number three. (laughs) But, you know, the other two, if I touch a door, I'm in like, especially number one. mm -mm, No, no, no. The death stare that I get, I can't touch a door in my own car. Let me just qualify that. We could arrive at a location in two separate vehicles. And I, if he was parked close enough, I might not want to touch my car door. I might not want to do that because he going to open the door. If I sit there, he'll come over to the car, and open the door. Absolutely. We'll open my door when you didn't even ride in my car. Please. I don't even know how to put that into words. I am one of the guys, but I am still a lady. I am one of the guys, but I'm still a lady. And I just feel like there is a wound in some men where, I don't want to say bad mothers, but I will say mothers who were not operating in their highest vibration were raising men and they weren't the best examples. They weren't the best examples. And that's okay. And let me just say, <laughs> there are, because the, the argument that came yesterday, and I just want to say, I know, the, my, the, I know more men who are not cisgender, heterosexual men that were raised in two-parent households than not. There is a multitude of them raised in two-parent households. They love who they love. Your desire, your love, your heart, does not have anything to do with who you're raised because I'm bi. I wasn't raised by two women, but I know that for much of my life, I've always been bi. I've always had an affinity for women. I want a man, right? You know, but you know, certain people walk past, like, like real talk, uh, like, you know, I can easily be sitting with a guy and somebody really beautiful with, Nice hips walk by and we might both be looking. We might both be looking. And what's cool is that I would have created self, you know, safe space with him to where he would feel safe and pointed it out to me or I pointing it out to him. I have no worries about the, the men my sons will grow up to be. They will grow up to know that they are more than just men. They will grow up to know that they are more than just men. They will not grow up being one of these people that has to, well, I'm a masculine man. Oh, so you're one dimensional. Well, thanks for telling me. I'm a feminine woman. You are also one dimensional. Thank you for sharing. They will not have to use words like that because every day I will remind them that they are divine. And that reminder of their divinity means that they will always be connected to their masculine and their feminine sides. And feel safe, in how it manifests in their life. If you watch my sons, they are very masculine, <laughs> like. But there's also a softness to them when they're playing with certain things. But like, like the little one, I have to catch him sometimes. Like he'll be sitting there, and he always got the anim- He'll be carrying his little animals, but they'll be yoked up in his hand. I'm like, hey, 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 hey! You're not carrying them by their throat, like. <laughs> can you find another way to carry your toy I don't think they like that can you grab it yep. yeah yeah no the, like don't beat the, don't beat the baby head against the wall no force will even in like and my homeboys will attest to this like how my sons ask for stuff especially the youngest I'm confident the youngest was a king in a former life because there's some the reaction when I say hey do xyz and the look of I don't do that why would you ask me to do that there's a memory there there is a cellular memory of his previous life and I have to remind him sometimes that even though his soul might be older than mine my physical vessel is currently older than his and he still has to listen to me he still has to listen to me They both do all of the things like the Al Bundy position when they're watching TV. They are gamers in their own right. Like all of these things that people would attribute to boys and being growing up and showing manly qualities. They have them. They have them. My six-year-old likes to open the door. That's his thing. He likes to open the door. He wants to open the door. He wants to be the one to close the door. That's his thing. That's what he likes to do. That, that is his thing. Um, but they're both, they, especially for being kids who are autistic, very affectionate. Like, come over, let me give you the hugs, let me get the kisses, I love you. And you what you have to realize, especially if you're, you know, not a womb holder listening to this, is every time you say I love you, that is an expression of emotion. That is you in your feminine energy. Every time you give a hug. That is a harmony of the two. Honestly, hugs are a a physical expression of an emotion. That is a harmonization of your masculine and feminine energy. That is a harmonization of that energy. It is a thought, the feeling being physically expressed, creating a moment, a hug. I would encourage you um, because I'd I, I like to give inspired action, I would encourage you to really sit with the phrase that mothers can't raise men, and see, in all honesty, is there a wound? Is there a fear associated with that? I want you to sit with the things that you truly believe make a man a man. Truly sit with that. What makes a man? A man, write them down and then truly sit with whether or not you can learn them from anyone. Really sit with it. Really, 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 really sit with it. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) because they're like, well, they probably play basketball with other men. You are who you are, period. You are who you are. You are who you are. There is an element of nature. That definitely comes into place. But at the end of the day, at your core, can't nobody make you gay. Can't nobody make you gay. Can't nobody make you effeminate. If you were effeminate, you were effeminate really young. It has always been the case. It was, And you were created from a man and a woman. If you are a non-womb holder, you're effeminate, you know, so be it you that was there already it was already there it's not something that someone taught you It was already there it was already there but you know so many men are wounded when this happens they're saddened when this happens that the it's it, it's they it, they have to put the blame on somebody and that's just a human thing that's a human thing um I would I would dare say it's a Western, more Western thing than anything else. But you have to put the blame on somebody. It can't just be what it is. There has to be blame attached to it. So let's blame mothers. Let's blame fathers for not being in the house. Let's blame mothers and not once consider you don't know what the grand design is. You don't know what God's will is over this child's life. You don't know what that looks like. When you talk about people who say, well, I'm non-binary, well, why aren't you? God ain't binary or did you forget? And I'm not saying it's everyone's journey to be non-binary. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is God ain't binary at any stretch. God ebbs and flows and manifests as needed through feminine and masculine energy, but in its The whole expression of source is all energy. The whole expression, when you go directly into the light of the source, is all. There is no one or the other. There is everything and nothing. So that was just a, you know, spawned, I think it was lingering from a conversation I had. And I appreciated it. Like there was no booth, you know, Anger, frustration. Um, but it made me think about it because I have sons. I have sons. And it's something that I do think about on a regular basis. But I realize part of the way I think about it is a societal axiom that women can't raise men. And I just am so many things you repeat over and over again. But have you ever truly sat with it, broke it down, pulled it completely apart, pull it completely apart, obliterate it, forget what you were told and sit with it and then decide and then decide. And if you still feel that way, I will introduce you to one of the most manliest men I know who was raised by women. That's who he was raised by. He was raised by women. And he's a cancer rising. He's a cancer rising raised by women. But there is no ever mistaking, doesn't matter who else is in the room, that he is a man. Thank you so much for listening to Nia's Divine Garden. If you would like some support on your spiritual journey, by all means, feel free to go to my website by the same name. The link will be in the description. Check me out on the medias of the social and have a beautiful day, night, morning, evening, whenever you are catching this. Take care. Grow with Nia will be a weekly podcast where I discuss not only my spiritual life, but also my regular everyday life as well. I will also share what else I'm growing in my garden, including any new poetry, courses, events, and interviews with inspiring souls. My intention is for this to be a place of growth and community. Be sure to leave me a voice message. Find me on social media at Naya Shalom. Gratitude in advance for you subscribing, liking, rating, sharing, and commenting on any podcast app. Thank you.